Taxpayer Talks is brought to you by Texans for Fiscal Responsibility and is made possible by generous donations from listeners like you. If you want to support our work, you can visit texastaxpayers.com slash donate to make a tax-deductible contribution today. Thank you. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Welcome to Taxpayer Talks. This is Tim Harden, president of Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, here with our executive director, Jeremy Kitchen. How you doing? Howdy. So exciting week this week. Things are actually happening. Uh, I would say kind of the biggest story this week is the Senate uh, brought their entire uh, property tax package. So we're talking, what is it, SB3, SB4, and SB5 to the floor. They debated it. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you kind of break down what we saw today? Sure, yeah. So they the Senate has now completely passed out their entire Senate uh, property tax package, that's three bills. It's really more than that because of the constitutional amendment provisions, but three bills for all intents and purposes. Uh, Senate Bill 3 is focused on a homestead exemption increase, which we talked about several times before. Senate Bill 4 is focused on providing what they call additional property tax relief, which is compression, which of course we've talked about is something we favor. Uh, and then Senate Bill 5 is focused specifically on business inventory um, and the exemption, uh, uh, like a tax credit, if you will, uh, to try to kind of assuage some of the issues that businesses are having uh, with property taxes. And so that's their, their overall package. Uh, of course, as we've talked about several times, they purport it to be a certain number, uh, right, to kind of reach above that record threshold, which I'm sure we'll talk about here. Uh, but, uh, but really, it's not that as much as they're purporting to say. But the big takeaway um, is the Senate has now passed it over to the House. It is unclear what happens with it beyond this point, uh, because the House also has its own priority legislation, which is different uh, moving through the process as well. And I'm sure we'll get to that. So. So I think it's worth noting that, you know, we we did support all three of these. Uh, if you're a member of our vote notices or if uh, subscribe to our vote notices, if you haven't, I encourage you to go to texastaxpayers.com and subscribe to our vote notices that we can get our analysis and our breakdowns and our recommendations. So we did support them, but with a caveat that, you know, this is not preferable. We would like more relief. Specifically, we would like more compression. And even more specifically, we would like them to focus on the elimination of the school MO portion of property taxes this session. Uh, we still have a lot a long ways to go. That is still possible. Uh, I think when I was watching, you know, Betancourt was laying out all of the bills. Uh, and like I said, you know, the, they do have one that involves compression, one that has uh, the homestead exemption increase. We've 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 critiqued those before, so I'm not going to go into that. But I, I think it is, it is interesting to note, like, it's it was very much um he was very much a salesman right and and we saw this in committee uh we saw him you know addressing well the old compression it's it's confusing it's 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 old but it's new right it's new for voters and so there's a lot of spin that that they're really like you said trying to hit that 15 billion dollar number this, despite the fact that they're not at 15 billion. They're at about 11 and a half billion dollars. Uh, we have 5.3 in old compression. Uh, and they uh, also are offering about half, actually less than half of the compression that the house is offering in their package. And so we'll see how the, everything shakes out. But multiple times throughout uh, the Senate, Betancourt said, but wait, there's more. And so it reminded me of uh, the OxyClean guy, right? Uh, he, you know, just trying, trying to to sell this, right? They mentioned, uh, hey, we're we're passing this, so we don't have to come back next session. This is going to solve all of the problems, but unfortunately, this is not going to solve all of the problems. It is a good reform, 
We did support it. It likely will lower property tax bills. I'm a lot more skeptical of their numbers and what they're claiming. I think they're even fluffing the numbers they have. I think most homeowners and taxpayers in Texas, when this actually goes into effect, whichever package it is, I think they're going to be pretty underwhelmed. Uh, maybe I would guess a few hundred dollars in the in the first year. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully there's more than, than I, I am skeptically um, anticipating, right? But the important part, right, is they are simply addressing symptoms. And the problem is private property rights. And so what we have been pushing for well over really two years now is we want the restoration of private property rights. That's the actual problem. Dealing with the symptoms is not going to make the problem go away. And so we will be back again next session, and we will be demanding more property tax relief, especially if this is as underwhelming as I think it's going to be. I think I think that's the biggest takeaway, right, is that like, you know, great, it's it's relief. I guess we're appreciative. I don't want to count our, you know, our, our chickens before they've hatched. But, you know, if, if everything that they have at least purported to say is true, sure, that'll be some additional property tax relief. But to your point, it's nothing more than a Band-Aid over the overall problem. We're kind of treating the symptoms and not the disease, which is the property tax system, right? And so if we have to say, maybe the word's not objection, but if we have any issue with it, I think it certainly centers around the fact that given a historic opportunity, one that we've talked about several episodes, right, on this podcast for uh, that not only the, the current budget surplus represent, but also, hey, if we had a conversation about cutting government spending, what all would increase the, the representation of we we could put Texas and Texas taxpayers on a path to eliminate the tax where we wouldn't just have to provide relief, right, or the Band-Aid, if you will, every legislative session, we could actually address the cancerous kind of tumor, the polyp, right? Um, I think that's that's kind of the unfortunate outcome of this. Um, and then, of course, when we talk about the House version is that thus far, it does not seem to be prioritized by leadership in either chamber to want to do much more than what it is that, that they're currently proposing. And, and the sad part there, um, outside of taxpayers kind of losing in that uh, in, in, in that you know dichotomy is that um, the opportunity exists, the bills exist, right, in each chamber uh, to do just that, but it doesn't seem like at least, you know, that they're, they're giving in any consideration. And granted, we're only, what, 72 or 73 days into the 140-day legislative session, but, you know, if these things aren't going to start moving here either now or in the next few weeks, then um, I think it, it's fairly safe to say that they're not going to seriously consider them. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I think, you know, the skeptic in both of us being through as many legislative sessions as we've been through, I think, you know, if I had to place a bet, they're probably not going to put us on a path to elimination this go around. I hope I'm wrong, but I can tell you that I am extremely optimistic for the future because, as you know, in, in the, you know, a year or two that we've been talking about this, uh, people are waking up to the fact that they actually don't own their home. And the more you you stress you know, if you think you own your home, stop paying your taxes, stop paying your rent to the government, and you're going to find out who owns your home. People realize this. I've, I've hardly had anybody push back against this concept because people know that if they stop paying their perpetual property taxes, they will lose their home. And this is absolutely paying rent to the government. So this is a rights issue. This is a private property rights issue. And people are waking up to it. And I expect this movement and the momentum is just going to snowball from here. And I would say by the time we get to next legislative session, I think there's going to be immense amount of pressure on lawmakers to at bare minimum hit that first step, which is 
put us on a path to school MO elimination. And of course, as you know, uh, there's more parts of property taxes too. This is going to be, you know, uh, quite an adventure trying to, to restore private property rights. Uh, but I am optimistic in the long term. Uh, and I think uh, I think people, like I said, are, are waking up. Um, in the House, of course, uh, we did have them pass out their package, which is HB2 out of committee. Uh, there was one nay vote. Why don't you break us down on, on what happened over there, Jeremy? Yeah, so as we've talked about before, right, House Bill 2 is the prioritized, uh, you know, by House leadership bill uh, making its way through the process. This is, uh, you know, something that House Speaker Dade Phelan not only talked about when he uh, had his, you know, his, his uh, winning speech after winning uh, the gavel back for Speaker, uh, but also indicated was an actual priority of his. It's authored by Morgan Meyer out of Dallas, Republican, the House Ways and Means Chairman, right? And it's primarily focused on kind of two prongs, right? The first and the, the biggest prong, I guess, of, of the legislation is that it would lower the appraisal cap, right, from the current threshold of 10% to that of 5%, and then also apply it to all property, not just those that have a homestead, right? There's that, that's one prong. The second prong is it also, as you talked about earlier, provides property tax relief in the form of compression. In fact, it provides double, right, what the Senate uh, just passed out of, of its chamber. The issue, and of course you testified in front of their committee, um, and I'll make sure I put uh, a link to that for those that are interested in our show notes uh, for this again. But, uh, you know, the, the issue is, and it wasn't just us saying this, there were several individuals and organizations that said the same thing, is that it isn't necessarily equitable, right, to uh, to go about and, and, and do the appraisal cap um, uh, kind of change, if you will, uh, just because it, it won't apply to everyone equally, I guess is the best way to say that, right? Like new property and stuff would have a completely different valuation than that of, let's say, or new homeowners, right? A different valuation than that of old homeowners. It, it kind of keeps people as multiple um, individuals and organizations said it would, it would almost disincentivize people to ever leave their home, right? Uh, and get another home um, in a way. And so it's something that a lot of people push back on to include, as you said, the one nay vote in committee, um, who just notably was the uh, was a Democrat, Democrat uh, state rep Chris Turner um, out of Grand Prairie, I believe, is where he hails from. And, you know, I, I only mentioned that because his objection, which I'll link to, of course, in the show notes page as well, for those that are interested, a, a tweet thread that he had, his objection was along the same lines, right? And uh, it's notable because that was the former Democrat caucus chair, right? For the last, what, two or three legislative sessions kind of bucking this sort of system, at least House leadership uh, promoting this and ramming it through. And so we'll see, obviously, once this gets calendared here, I assume in the next week, two weeks or so, um, it gets through the House floor, we'll see how many people actually buck it. Uh, buck the system, you know, when it, it when it goes through uh, the House floor. But um, it is interesting to see kind of the rivaling plans between the House and Senate. Yeah, you know, I, I wish I could say I was I was surprised, right, that that it it passed almost unanimously. I was actually a little bit surprised that that Turner voted no. Typically, these things uh, will just get rammed through. So I, I think there was a little bit of courage on his part, uh, voting no, and actually siding with the vast majority of witnesses. Uh, as we kind of broke down in earlier episodes, you know, they have uh, the invited testimony, which I, I call a love fest, right, which is uh, they invite people who are basically supportive of the bill or they know are going to be supportive of the bill. So the first few witnesses are going to come and it's a big love fest. Oh, this is the greatest bill ever. And hey, we love compression. It's going to help my business, all this. Once we got past that and we got to actual witness testimony who came uh, either on their own dime, traveled across the state, uh, it was pretty much unanimous, maybe save a few uh, testimonies that 
the, the, your point, right? Which is appraisal caps are inequitable. Appraisal caps are going to raise rates and they're actually going to work against the compression that we have been adding over the last couple of years and hope to continue to add uh, on a path towards elimination. It would make a path to elimination harder. And so I give Chris Turner credit. He voted according to what uh, the witnesses wanted, right? Well, I think we would be a lot more supportive of the bill. And of course, we did support the bill and we will support the bill when it comes to the House floor because it is property tax relief and they are offering more than twice the compression that the Senate is. We would like to see the appraisal cap provision removed. And I'm hopeful that somebody at least brings an amendment and we can get a vote on that uh, because overwhelmingly witnesses and business leaders and taxpayers everywhere reject that idea. It's just a bad idea. And so we hope this part of the bill uh, fades away. Uh, of course, we I believe this has been sent to calendars. And so I'm just assuming uh, since this is a priority bill, we're probably going to see it on the floor at some point next week. Uh, there should be some interesting amendments uh, on this. Usually in the House, things are a little more rowdy. The Senate's pretty, pretty, pretty boring. It's a whole lot of 31 to no nothing's not a whole lot of pushback. But in the House, that typically is not the case. We do have quite a few representatives who have carried the elimination. We have Harrison and Kane and Schaefer, and, and we've, we've gone over those names many times, Trox Clear, right, who uh, would like to see us on a path towards elimination. So it'll be interested to see what amendments they bring to try and improve this legislation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the, the big takeaway for maybe listeners of this show and people that follow our content is just stay tuned um, as this stuff kind of moves through the process. Obviously, we're going to be paying attention to it. It's a little too early maybe to tell kind of what's going to happen since we're just over the halfway hump for the 140 day legislative session. Um, you know, there's as we kind of, you know, candidly behind the scenes try to figure out, okay, what's the what, what do we think is going to happen and prognosticate? Um, you know, who knows, right? It's like we've seen as as legislative staffers, we've seen stuff get filed and passed in the same day, right? Um, and and uh, on to address stuff. We've seen Hail Mary things kind of be thrown. I, I recall, I think it was the third special session last cycle, right? When the House and Senate couldn't come to an agreement on something. So they just like threw a Hail Mary, Mary package together last minute. Now, whether that's good or bad, who knows, right? But I think as taxpayers, uh, the, the big drumbeat that we should continue to have the rest, the remainder of the session and in the interim certainly is this is not enough demand better, right? Yes, we're in favor of it. Yes, it's tax relief, but they have a historic opportunity and we should demand better from our lawmakers. Yeah, so uh, the, I think the last really kind of big piece of news is we recently had, I believe it's SB 175, right, uh, right, Jeremy, which is the uh, the taxpayer-funded lobbying bill, Mays Middleton. Uh, this is his second go-round carrying it. Of course, last go-round, uh, he was in the House. This go-round, he is in the Senate. Uh, the committee hearing was extremely interesting. Uh, we, we had a lot of things happen in that hearing that I haven't really seen before, mainly a lot of local officials coming out and saying what everyone already thinks, right? Which is uh, actors like TML who is who, who uses taxpayer funded lobbying or, or basically calling them liars and saying they're being dishonest and they're and they're they're advocating for policies that are anti taxpayer, which is what we've been saying for forever. Uh, what the Republican primary voters have overwhelmingly endorsed with ninety five percent back in twenty twenty when they demanded taxpayer funded lobbying being uh, ended, and so it passed out. I believe there was three nay votes. Uh, we are recording this Wednesday evening. We have not seen who those nays are yet, uh, but it has passed out. So we should see it on intent here pretty soon. I'll be interested to see. Uh, the, I would imagine there'll probably be a little bit more debate on the Senate floor. Um, you know, those 
who typically side with, you know, public education and ISDs, um, you know, wanting an infinite supply of money. Uh, ISDs are one of the worst culprits for, for hiring taxpayer funded lobbyists. And so I anticipate probably a little more back and forth on this. Uh, there is a companion in the house. I believe trucks clear is carrying it. We haven't really seen much there. I believe it's been referred, but certainly not set for a hearing. And, uh, we will, we should see next week, some interesting developments, uh, on SB 175. Yeah, the only thing I would add here is that, you know, I think we've talked about before, right, is we don't necessarily anticipate that it's going to fail in the Senate. The question, of course, is what happens in the House. Now, we mentioned this on last week's episode because we showed the tweet, right? It, you know, if there was any kind of saving grace as to the potential there, you had the calendars chairman, State Representative Dustin Burroughs, at least tweet favorably about potentially being interested, right, in, uh, in, in the ban on taxpayer-funded lobbying. Uh, but even then, I think the question is, because historically it's it's died or gotten changed in the House State Affairs Committee is, does it get past that committee uh, this go around? You know, time will tell, right? Again, we're only a little over halfway. Anything can happen. But, you know, I, I, I think the one thing that supporters of this bill have going in their favor this go around is the, the absolute fervor, as you talked about, of kind of this anti-Texas municipal ETML or anti-TAC or Texas Association of Counties thing. Um, add to that, right, the TASB, the Texas Association of School Boards, kind of, you know, the parents kind of pushing back on that. You see a lot more lawmakers pushing back on that. Is that enough, right, to get it across the finish line finally this go around? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think last point, you know, making the point, it, it likely will uh, go to state affairs again. And just for those who don't know who is on state affairs, Hunter uh, chairs this. He has an F career rating. I believe Garen is on there. He has an F. Metcalf, I believe, uh, is on there. He has an F. I think um, Hefner is on there, right? I think he might have a C minus. So, hey, he's barely passing. Uh, and then there's a bunch of Democrats. I'm not sure if there's another Republican. So not a very favorable committee uh, for really anything conservative, right? Uh, but we will see. There could be enough pressure. Uh, and and I would imagine we're going to have quite a few witnesses. If I'm able, I'm going to go down there and try and witness on this bill as well, uh, if our schedule allows. And so it will be interesting to see you know, how things shake out. Uh, but it, but we're finally to the point where things are happening. Uh, bills are moving all over the place. The Senate, as as usual, is, is kicking out a ton of bills very, very early. The House is still yet to hear any bills on the House floor. We've had no House calendars, I assume. Uh, I guess I, for sure we're not going to have one tomorrow. Uh, so probably next week, will be our first house calendar is when, when we went back and looked at the last few legislative cycles it's been next week in the legislative sessions when they had their first one so got you so uh anything else we're missing here jeremy no i think it's worthwhile to again just plug look we're in the midst of session where if you're a taxpayer if you're someone who listens to this and you are interested in what's going on and you want it kind of put wrapped up in a nice neat package we do vote notices for the fiscal responsibility index. Um, that's something you need to subscribe to. So you can go to texastaxpayers.com slash subscribe. Obviously, while you're there, you can subscribe to our weekly email and what have you. But get subscribed to our vote notices. Those get sent out to the general public or subscribers and to legislators or lawmakers and their staff, um, obviously, as kind of a heads up ahead of time that these things might be on our fiscal responsibility index. So make sure you get subscribed to that. Uh, before uh, it gets too late and we get too kind of mired down in the legislative session. Yeah, you know, if you don't follow us on social media, I would say like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, follow us on Twitter, and of course, like and subscribe us, put on the alerts on YouTube as well. Uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, we look forward to meeting with you all again next week and letting you know exactly how, how crazy next week gets. Thank you all for being with us this week.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening. For even more content, head over to our website, texastaxpayers.com, where you can find all of our written content, the Fiscal Responsibility Index, and a whole host of resources that can help you navigate the already ongoing 88th legislative session. Make sure while you're there to subscribe to the Fiscal Note and Vote Notices to stay informed about issues that affect your wallet. Thanks.